the number one Premier League podcast in the world. By some metrics. What metrics? Advanced metrics. The most in-depth analysis. Goals. Passes. Other things. Bang! The funniest jokes. Boing! So this one time... <laughs> Loved by all the critics. Oh! It's all right, isn't it? Come on in to Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. Match week two recap. And, uh, yeah. Premier League's back, baby. In a big way. In a big way, Patrick. I, 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 I've, I've envisioned this moment in my mind so many times on where to start with the shambles that is Manchester United Football Club. And it all just got wiped like a hard drive when I sat down to the news that Elon Musk said he's going to buy the club. Yeah. It's like, in the time between the Brentford game and now, so many (laughs) things have happened and gone through my mind. And the last one, the latest one, just so happened to be Elon Musk tweeting that he's going to buy the club. See, I don't think that there's... Any chance in hell Zero that that's going to happen? Zero chance. I mean, but it's our, our our friend Matt is a Knicks fan, and I think let's just say Elon Musk has this in his locker. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, anyone who's familiar with the company Twitter uh, would rile. also say he's got in his mm-hmm. locker. The man's yeah. just a troll. Mm-hmm. The man just likes to rile people up, and he found his. Uh, it wasn't even easy target. It wasn't even an individualized tweet. It was a subtweet of one of his own. It was an also. Yeah. Also, I'm going to buy Manchester United. It's that big of an afterthought right now, James. Yeah, yeah. That big uh, of an afterthought doesn't even deserve its own tweet. But Patrick, I know why Arsenal fans have such a great sense of humor. Because United fans have been on fire these past few days. The meme game is out of control. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you're in you're in the deep the deep cave of despair, James. And the only thing to look to any sort of positivity is something that hurts so bad it makes you laugh. So enjoy it. Uh, I you're going to become know, stronger for it. Yeah. And I don't know when you're going to get out of it, but it's going to be a real character-building experience for you. I'm starting to understand that numbness that mm-hmm. you felt every time I was trying to pry something out of you. You were just like, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's, and uh, what it is is, Patrick, a complete and utter disgrace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's sad. Glad you said it. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm not giving myself the beast of the week, but... I saw, I, I don't know, call it call it male intuition. I saw how this game could go down, potentially, and I politely declined a doubleheader watch with you, mm-hmm. whereby Arsenal won comfortably and convincingly against Leicester to follow up the Brentford 4-0 drubbing. I've, I've watched a game with you where United has lost 4-0. I, I'm glad it didn't happen again. Yeah. You'd like to tuck that away as a one-and-done. Uh, let, let's let the record also show that I was willing to put a $50 smackaroo parlay on that, knowing yeah. I would probably lose yeah. just so that I'd be aligned with you on vibes. Right. You had to give yourself a financial incentive to right. get on the same page as me. Right. Yeah. I, I respect yeah. that. No, and Patrick, that was really all out of the goodness of my heart if we're looking at what happened and what could have possibly happened. Well, uh, again, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm altruistic. We, that's just a win-win right there, James. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, Patrick, it's sad how not sad I was from this result on Saturday. I think that's mm-hmm. the best way I could articulate it. And by that, I mean unsurprised. To be sad or angry, you have to really have a genuine expectation 
or set of standards that have been broken, and we're long past that. And yeah. this is this is united under Glazer family ownership. It it, it it's not it's it's I for, I forget the phrase I use in our group chat, but it's not the banterable, debatable answer that you want. It's just this is what it is. You know, we you can go in. We could do a whole segment on the players. We could do a whole segment on Ten Hog. But it, it really comes down to that rot that's set in over ten years, and we've been we've been beaten down four nil pretty um, more and more in the past couple of years. So you could say it's reaching ahead, or or the nadir, as the journalists like to say. And uh, yeah, we're in a dark alley right now, stumbling our way through. Right. Well, I wouldn't even say you're stumbling quite yet, James. So let's. Let's hold your horses. Let's get to let's get to standing up. I'm first. just going off of what I see Harry Maguire doing on the pitch. Yeah, it's stumbling, rumbling, mumbling. Well, the th- the thing for me is I I have I do think that the play like over time, right there, it is kind of an underlying culture that seems to be rotten, right? And that's that's tough for a player I think to get out of. But especially with a new manager, I think you got, do have to look quite a bit at the players right uh-huh. now because I have not seen. Certainly a Manchester United side, but really many sides of of that caliber that have just the the mental fragility that this side seems to have. And there's yeah. been Arsenal sides that have had it as well oh, yeah, in Patrick. recent years. But it's it is a you know, so like what was it just two years ago? United, you know, scoring against United first was almost a kiss of death. Now it seems like well, you score against United and that's game. And it's game. Well, Patrick, there's something to be said about that run happening during the pandemic behind closed doors that Fair was enough. when united was comeback fc and it's i i mean i couldn't agree more the squad in of itself they're either not good enough or their confidence is on the floor or both and you get mctominay uh but you're absolutely right this this squad should be performing better than it is that's the most op, like understatement of the century but they just can't seem to get themselves off the mat in what used to be a, a calling card for the vintage United squads, which are which are long gone now. And I think that has to be the result of going from an Ollie, who would literally be the human shield, take mm-hmm. it all, hold the team together until it burst at the seams and you couldn't do it anymore. Then you get big boy Rangnick coming in, and he's <laughs> like, I may not be a good coach, but I do know how to analyze a football team. And fellas, and by that I mean journalists, listen to this. <laughs> and that in the in the in the stupor of sad that I've been in, that's one of the biggest. Where like, okay, Rangnick wasn't a good coach, but I thought the plan was to make him a director of football, football pseudo consultant, give him some element of reins over the direction of United, kick him to the curb, and. Leave our leave ourselves to our own devices when he so clearly identified what's going on here and and yeah yeah not very the articulate fact that right a, now. the fact that a suggestion to improve Manchester United is to get a director of football is remarkable in and of itself. It's just a, it's a put a football a, person in a football job. It's a you farce would say what they're doing. It's a farce what they're doing, and I think. Carl in one of the group ch- group chats said it best. We want we want to uh, 
you know, we want United to to be bad and to suffer, but not like this. This is on on our yeah on your yeah. terms. Yeah. No, I mean that's how you know you're down bad. I like, want let me, let me, you to be Patrick. just not good enough, but I, not pathetic. Yeah. I want this to be the biggest compliment I've ever given you. Please. In all of Arsenal's trials and tribulations, they're they're valleys in amongst the the peaks that you've had in the past few years. I was still thoroughly enjoying it. When Arsenal was shit in the bed, I was still thoroughly enjoying it. It didn't reach that point of oh. Oh god. You know? Mm. Where even where even the rival fan gets tired of the Schadenfraud and is like, well, I mean, do something. I feel like there were a couple instances, Arteta's really nasty run in the winter in his first full season, uh, where I think we went winless in, it was like seven, maybe like 1-1 in like eight or nine games, something like that. Uh, And then there was, of course, the, well, what I think sits on Manchester United's uh, fortune is the the losing of the first three games of last season. There was a lot of noise around Arteta, especially. Sure. Sure. so it, it felt like that a bit. It felt pretty pretty much like that. But I think you forget how many just, you know, 0-0 games at home we'd lose to Brighton in the 84th minute. You know what I mean? It's just so many of those existed where we were just – it was just – we just went out there and had a, had a kick around a, with better technical players than the other mm-hmm. side had and then eventually would yeah. lose. You know, there was – it was just – it was uh, tough to motivate yourself to watch. There I've been meaning I've been periods. meaning to send this to you because it's what we've been talking about for the past few weeks. But someone wrote an article, an athletic writer wrote about the parallels between Arsenal and United, and like how Arsenal is kind of like rounding the corner, and United is, in a sense, what Arsenal was when Arteta took over. Um, anyway, it's I've a good read. It, yeah. interesting read. Interesting it. read. I think um, there's it's it's and and how many. There's, I mean, not in England, right? How many clubs have had managers with the tenure and success that both of those clubs had? And I think you transition into the modern era of football, very capitalistic, you know, uh, the you know non-English ownership, right? The connection between the club might be gone. And I think for both of these clubs, they had very much an identity under one coach and one mm-hmm. manager. And that was a line top to bottom from club values to the manager, to the players, to the product on the pitch, to the fans' understanding and expectations. And it's not the same anymore, not for either side. And you have to reinvent yourself. And I think Arsenal are on a path, like I said, back to get to to, to something that, you know, is in the vein of what Arsenal were before. But I still think it's different and it's unique. And there is, I think, a little bit more of a toughness and a grit to this side that had been missing from Arsenal for so long. And I don't see an ounce of identity in what Manchester United have right now. And that does point, of course, to the well, no, changing, I mean, it's not, changing um, managers and recruitment strategies and this kind of Mr. Potato Head squad that's been put together well, over pa- the years. Yeah, Patrick, so it's, it's not even uh, 100%. It's not even about 10 hog ball, right? It's about 10 years of no leadership. You know, Sir Alex Ferguson papered over the cracks between 05, 06 when the Glazers took over and when he ultimately left in 2013. But since then, it's it's what you get from not employing football people in football jobs and no real investment. I think um, a big misnomer about United is, oh, how can you be upset with all the money they spend? And it's true, they spend money. They don't spend it well. Their recruiting is piss poor. I don't know if you saw Neville and Carragher's list of successful United players since Ferguson left. Successful transfers. Uh, the green column was <laughs> Ibrahimovic and Bruno. And even then you're like, well, 
<laughs> those, sure. those were the successful transfers. Anyway, my point being, investment under the Glazers is not owner injection of cash. It's not Sheik Mansoor being like, here, take my money. Let's go fucking do this thing. It's reinvestment of revenue of the global machine that United is. So it's like, yes, it's investing the kind of money that only only other clubs could dream of, but it's not the meaningful kind that you want from invested owners. And it, it, we, it, it's widely discussed and published what goes on with the dividends and, and the paying out to shareholders. And it's just sad to see the club get sucked dry because you don't have that leadership across 10 years. The one saving grace from all of this, the one saving grace is I think people are generally getting the gist now even I mean, despite Tim Howard's best efforts, I feel like mainstream media and Gary Neville's kind of leading the charge are on to this. It's not very it's, much so. It's yes, it's the players are disgraceful. Manager mm-hmm. could have done some things better to get off to a better start. Um, but let's talk about the real problem here. And, 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 and it's what happens when you collect data. It's David Moyes. Oh, job was too big. Mourinho passed it. Van Hal passed it. Parentheses too horny. Ollie job was too big, kind of in that Moyes category. At a certain point, you look at what the con- what the constant is and the through line of all that data. And I, I, I hope, I hope, if there's a positive to come out of this, we get some serious momentum in in the ownership movement, or else there is going to be drift. It, it, you know, we finished we finished second a couple times um, under Mourinho and under Ollie, but it. It, it fell flat because you knew you were still on an absolute different stratosphere than a club that a Pep Guardiola walks into where he's already propped up by this incredible footballing system, this proactive, not reactive system where they're building from youth. They're investing in top-notch facilities. They're recruiting properly. And Pep Guardiola just takes his seat in the, in the main chair of the Death Star. And he's like, all right, let's do this thing. Mm-hmm. He's got it all set up around him, and he's the best guy to push the buttons. Um, so it's very enviable and, and sad that we don't even have close to a similar comparison. No, no. Uh, yeah, but I think I think at the end of the day, right, you're, you know, what what needs to happen for change to happen? And this is kind of where I reached peace with Arsenal and the process. Because, again, I do think there's a remarkable number of similarities. You need a new culture. You need to gut the club from a cultural perspective. And so how are you going to go about doing that? Mm-hmm. Have the Glazers have a wonderful change of of, uh, of perspective and alter how they're doing business? No, not going to happen. So you need United to finish like 12th. That's what you need. Sucks to say it, <laughs> but like that's what you need. If you actually want to solve it, or you can continue to paper over the cracks, because that's just the, the you know, me trying to be pragmatic because unless you see them bringing in like I thought Ralph the reason I I was I guess impressed by the Ralph hire was I thought that that was a moment of realization that the Glazers say right. okay this is not the way we got to go about right. things anymore this is how we got to go about things them letting him go not really bringing in somebody in his role I mean I don't know what they're waiting for they're waiting for Vandasar to say yes but why would he if he's chilling Patrick that's assuming you know? there's a plan no, right, exactly. <laughs> and, and I think that that's where I'm just like, okay, wh- what is it going to take for y'all to put together a plan? Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, you could kind of delude yourself into thinking, well, we finished six. We didn't really have a manager. We had to fire a manager. It's kind of chaotic. We're going to we're gonna do better this year. And so, you know, it's early days. There's a lot of season left to be played. I'm not here to crown a title winner or second place winner for that matter. No. Uh, 
at, at the end of match week two, so we shouldn't be here to crown uh, United as uh, worst team in the league status relegated into oblivion yet. So That you know of. More games to be played, James. Any final thoughts? Do we move on to the their next um, opponent? Hopefully, you know. Oh man, these these transfer sagas, Patrick. Oh, it's hilarious. They just get more funny and shorter. And James, Adrian Rabio pricing himself out of a move. Casemiro lasted four hours. <laughs> Apparently, he called. Uh, he was like, I respect Manchester United as a club. I called Cristiano and Varane, and they said, don't do it. And that was that. <laughs> and I feel like uh, that sounds like a fake report, but the number one uh, publisher in Spain just was like, print it. Yeah. Look, it's not a good situation. <laughs> it's not no. a good situation no. over there. Uh-uh. Uh, well, Patrick. All, but let me, let me, I don't want to get it twisted, James. I, I don't feel all the way sad. There's a decent part of me that is enjoying enjoying sure. this but yes yes indeed uh well mostly just watching the the streaming compilations Those i just, they're fantastic i think anyone <laughs> yeah i don't know if you now can you, get, get through it now really you know you, you know the beauty of aftv yeah oh i oh, was yeah. smashing the like button my eyes at, are at open. a certain point yeah yeah you finally understand at this point i just open any like social media, YouTube, anything. I'm immediately served Mark Goldbridge. Immediately. First one. I don't Sometimes think anyone can confidently say who's going to be in the club between now and the end of the transfer window. I don't think anyone can confidently be like, oh, yeah, this guy's been on our radar for a while. He's a matter of time now. It's Fabrizio Romano might as well have a dartboard. Throw one. Ping! Lands on uh, Alvaro Morata. It's like bring him in. I kind of see a. Um, I, I kind of my my wild card pick would be would be Calvert Lewin. That'd be my wild card pick. Mm. People are saying Jamie Vardy. They haven't moved on to Calvert Lewin yet. Yeah, no, well, I saw Vardy, and that's what led me to. I, I'm just I'm just reading the tea leaves of where this thing is going, and mm-hmm. they're not going to sell a young English injured for a discount. Sign me up. <laughs> English tax, you say. <laughs> But we actually yep. get the, dis- said, the English tax is negated by the injury discount, so it actually mm-hmm, nets out as yep. a normal transfer. Nets out normal transfer fee. Exactly, exactly. Well, mm-hmm. it's sad. I'm glad we have this podcast to shroud it in some humor because, yeah, there were a few moments where I was in my feels. But yeah. here we are. I'll let know, you be. I'll let on the you back be of the worst ever Premier League, Premier League season we had, we went out and bought backup left back, a unproven five foot eight center back, and a free transfer. So we go again. We move. We move. And you move. We move right along home. to next Monday. Liverpool, mm. James. Liverpool. The relegation scrap. Yeah, where I would have, I would have been. Are you? Do you think you can get anything out of this game? I think. I mean, now talk about a carrot at the end of the stick. And now I don't think there should be this. Okay, let's get one thing very clear. I think they're going to come to Old Trafford and rock our shit, but. But I think there should be a very clear carrot at the end of the stick. And if you're doing mental damage control with these fragile, fragile players, say, hey, you've seen this team over the past two games. They haven't clicked into gear yet. We can go ahead of them on points. This game's there for the taking. And I think 
there's got to be a little bit of course correction. I think until Ten Hag gets the players he wants, or if I read it more darkly, that he was promised. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's bad. It's real bad. He, um, I think he's playing, he has a game plan that he worked on all preseason in the vision of this team that is to be. Now I think he's got to do a little bit of Ralph Rangnick where it's like, okay, I need to get, I need to stop losing 4-0 and I need to get results. How am I going to do that right now? So I think there might be a little course correction for Liverpool when they come to town. A little five at the back. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe just don't shy. play it out the back. Hoof it. Yeah. Hoof it, five at the back, Burnley away into the one one nil smash and grab. Uh, I don't see it happening either, James. But yes, Liverpool vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Darwin about it. Nunes. Let's talk about it, Patrick. Darwin's Darwin donkeys. Especially vulnerable. Yeah, he didn't emotionally want emotionally so. He didn't want the smoke at Old Trafford. Maguire, Lissandro, Jekyll or Hyde, pick your poison. Who are you going to stack up against? Yeah, fair enough. Oh my, I mean, yeah, yeah. That that poor little guy is going to get absolutely walloped. I'll tell you what, Patrick. These, I'll tell you what. Forwards. He okay. I know this is. He had a. He did some good things. I know sure. this sounds. I know this sounds absolutely ridiculous. I think he's like the the meme has gotten too big, too big to fail. Like mm-hmm. the five foot whatever center back meme. I think he dealt with a few situations really well. And, uh, yeah, he's dealt with some other situations not so well, but I don't think he's, like, a walking disaster. No, he's not a walking disaster, but it's very clear he's being targeted, uh, and that is going to be something that they try to exploit. And I do think he's a quality player, but, uh, yeah, you got Ivan Tony. Let's, let's, let's roll the dice. So it's going to be, it's going to be some, but moving, moving on to, to Liverpool, uh, drew both of their first two games uh, mm-hmm. to the newly promoted Fulham away. We know that that first home game for newly promoted team is tough, but you expect Liverpool to take care of business. And then at home to Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. I, Monday I, Madness. Know, Palace, I thought Palace did quite quite a good job, but you look at the stats, they're very, very lopsided towards Liverpool, but that's the game plan when you go to Anfield for just about every team in the league. And they got the early goal. They got under Darwin Nunez's skin quite easily. I might add, and Liverpool were able to claw one back. Yeah, that defender Anderson Diaz. pulled a Rooney celebration out of the hat, just oh, a straight yeah. drop. Oh, it was brilliant! It was it was a it was a perfect. The fact that this guy comes from the Portuguese league and can get wound up that easily, how did he even get a game in in that league? That was what I don't understand, Patrick. Like the whole narrative, and they asked Klopp and the pressers. It was like, didn't you warn Darwin about the Premier League? And it's like, have you seen the Portuguese league? Yeah. What are you talking about? It's a shithouse paradise. <laughs> it's 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 remarkable. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and look, yeah. I think it's I think it's something that uh, you know it, it's we had all the people after the Community Shield want to react to Hom. We got all the people that want to react to Nunez now. It's not that big a deal. He's young. He'll learn. First home game at Anfield in the oh, league. Yeah. Got jacked up. You know, he's he's unlikely to be kind of a complete head case that yeah. can never get this together and i'll tell you what Klopp won't stand for it if that's the case but he it won't did last give us a year you know what it did give us patrick hashtag angry carol <laughs> the that's darwin great. andy carroll side by sides that is great phenomenal uh oh, patrick I, I simply can't keep giving jurgen my freak of the week i need to make way for new freaks but the witch in the building was was top notch 
That yeah. was a, that was like straight out of the like wine cellar of Klopp excuses. He pulls one out of the reserve, whoosh, just blows on it, blows some dust off. The label says "witch" in the building, and he just lets it fly. He's uh, got like a little a little magic eight ball mm-hmm. in his in his office. Like, what do I say? And it's just all excuses. Someone took out the regular thing, and it's just all excuses. No, he did. He did also make it very clear that there's no excuse for Nunez's actions, which was pretty clear. There was uh, not a person on the field, James Milner included, that disagreed with uh, oh yeah, with the referee's like, decision. Go, there, just go. Yeah, it was the absolute right decision needed to be. Uh, but no, it is. It's something where I think you you said it right. Liverpool has failed to click and. We're making a mountain out of a molehill here if we start to talk about the title race. But Liverpool only dropped points in 10 games last year, and that still wasn't good enough for them to win the league. Mm-hmm. Already having dropped points it's... in two, City looked to be already in midseason form. And yes, it's early. They're going to have some hiccups, midseason games, injury, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you start yeah. to think like these are points you can't really afford to give mm-hmm. away, especially these two fixtures. Patrick, these are the kind of pods where we got to cling on to our chairs and just repeat under our breaths multiple times. It's just after two games. It's just after two games. It's just after two games. Yeah. But when their goal was to make up ground on City and you had to come out the gates strong because there were plenty of games in August, one team's doing it, one team's not. That being said, I don't think this is a, like, you know, the whole, oh, wow, Liverpool really missed Sadio Mane. That whole narrative kind of came out of the woodwork. They don't have Tiago. They don't have Matip or Kunate. Um, I really think this is Liverpool just slow out the blocks. Or Jota, even, right? Or Jota, yeah. But my, my point being, I don't think this is about any player being there or not being there or Darwin being a flop or not. I just simply think they are rusty out the gates. And they were. They they had to, <laughs> they closed they closed quite a big gap on City last season as well. And then they just couldn't close it all the way. Right. So definitely not over little bit of a cause for concern, I would say, out of the Liverpool supporters. But that's just the stakes that are in the title races these days where every point that you're you drop already, feels yeah. monumental yeah. in these in these situations. And you kind of felt that, that in the anxiety of Anfield on Monday. Didn't like, they you? Knew, right. Yeah. 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 It was it's also like, one of those games where Zaha scored an amazing goal, and I still think he was the biggest donkey on the pitch. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, he was just trying to just get in behind, pester, you know, again – Trent Alexander-Arnold just getting absolutely waxed in defense, get completely pulled out of the play. With, it was Eze or Ayu, I forget which one it was, that yeah. played the ball into Zaha. Is, uh, but he just ran to the sideline yeah. and then left poor Nat Phillips on an island. It was a great run in behind, well-timed, good ball, and real tidy finish. Not a great defender. No. But we but know this. Ball just But we know yeah. this. Brilliant. Yeah, just one, on the other side of the field. Uh, I did have one question for you okay. about Manchester United. Have oh, okay. they lost uh, four thirty privileges? Oh, uh, man, because you got one match week four. No, I still think they're they've got the the new they've got the new season chip that mm. is out counterbalancing the four thirty privileges. Let me go ahead and look at the schedule real quick. I believe yeah, you got Southampton away is your at four thirty is your next in match week four. Oh, this is brutal. Well, actually, Patrick, I thought about giving my beast of the week to the Premier League schedulers. They come, mm. they come under a lot of heat from us in particular, but I think there was a little bit of mercy with United-Liverpool happening at 12 on a Monday. Right, yeah. right. Um, let's, say let's say that goes the way we think it does. I'm going to do a lot of thinking about that Saturday game. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of okay. thinking. We'll check in in a week's time how the 430 okay. privileges are looking. Southampton away. Oh, God. That's got 1-1 one, one written on it at best. <laughs> That's a vibe check, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Okay. That's a vibe check. Speaking of vibe check, Patrick, the Battle of the Bridge, Spurs versus Chelsea. What a game. Brilliant. What a game. If you're going to do a Mourinho touchline run, you better go for the head. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make sure that thing's done and dusted. You better make sure you win that game. Yeah. That was uh, a. These these two, man, what a spectacle. What a spectacle between these two. Incredible. The clubs and the coaches. It's so uh, good. It was an absolute brilliant. It's like the return of the uh, attitude era. Yeah. Brilliant advertisement for the league. Uh, Spice up at London Derby that. You know, probably hasn't had the heat to it in the mm-hmm. in all of the more recent years, and you got these two teams who are you have to think fighting for the same position in the table, which is third place. So, uh, exciting, exciting fixture. I I did say I was going into that um, first first um, first half coming out of that first half. I was thinking, man, this might just be a little bit of a a lame game. Tottenham doesn't quite have it. Chelsea see it out, but man, did that mm-hmm. second half deliver or what? Mm-hmm. It really turned around. Um, it was a weird recalibration of narrative and expectation. Like, I think the whole story was Spurs can come in here and get a result. They can really, like, lay it down was, a marker. It? Chelsea, you know, weren't exactly out the gates hot in a pretty dull 1-0 victory against against Everton. And then they showed that they can still ball. And ball yeah. out with um, with their winger system, their versatile forwards. They really uh-huh. brought the game to Spurs. And then, you know, I feel like the spice on top of the Tuchel-Conte rivalry was bald-headed man named Anthony Taylor, mm-hmm. who aided Spurs in their efforts, aided Spurs in their efforts, but gave us yeah. a 2-2 for the ages. Yeah, he might come up at a later mm. at a later segment, James, but I want to focus on the two teams right now. Yeah, let's do and that. I think both of these teams... I see more positively after this game than I did before this game. I um, I totally agree. Because let's we'll start with Chelsea. It. Yeah. With Chelsea, what Chelsea did was just say, what, what's all this noise? Time for me to prove the haters, aka mm-hmm. me, wrong, that we're still a top team, still a threat, threatening team, and this is the bridge. You don't come right. here and you get easy points. And they did. They took the game to Spurs. They were on the front foot nearly the whole game. Uh, you can... You know, their both of their goals I thought were very, very well well taken. Uh, and you know, one obviously came off the set piece, but they had the whole run of play yeah. in that first half, so I think those deserve it. Uh, and then in the second half, high press, Spurs caught a little bit out of possession, a little bit too compact, and then you know, Reese James uh, making making his mark. It seems like this is going to be a big, big season for Reese James in a number of ways. Big time, uh, burying that and, and so, Loftus Cheek. Yeah, who somehow found his had. way into a key role at the club. So good on him. He was yeah, always a will he won't he come good. But um, he's got kind of that um, the jack of all trades, like very yeah. different in terms of play style, but kind of that James Milner kind of fit where mm-hmm. you know he can play on the left, he can play on the right, he can play in the midfield, he can yeah. go a little bit attack, he can kind of do a lot of jobs for that team, especially in their wing back mm-hmm. system. I know we talked we've talked a lot about Chelsea's defensive setup, which seems sorted to a degree with Koulibaly and Kukurea, and I know they want another center back in the form of Fafana, so they're doing mm-hmm. some work there. The other the other hole or question is a proper number nine, a la Liverpool and City. But if you ask Tuchel, I feel like his response after this game would be something like, 
oh, you're telling me I get to play the way I want to play and don't have to start Lukaku and tell his teammates not to pass to him? Like, I'm down with that. Right. Yeah, I think that I... uh, Where I think that Chelsea will struggle, you know, is in that... In in those those key moments, right? I mean, I don't, you, you never know. Like, how does the goal change a game? But you got to think of proper number nines finishing what what Havertz couldn't on the one, yeah. uh, you know, Reese James oh, cross, yeah. right? And so Havertz does everything right in the build up for that team. I just think he lacks kind of a uh, what, what what would be the, the a ruthlessness, I suppose, right. in front Who's of got the in edge. front of the goal, right? And so that is something that is worth looking out, but kind of the whole system was very fluid. You have many people that can move, play different different roles and in, 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 in that front line interchange, everybody's really good with the ball at their feet. So you are st- we do see that system. And yes, if they do switch to a four, a four at the back, they certainly have the midfield talent to make something happen. They have uh, the, the, the attackers to make something happen on the wings and with the wing backs as well, as you mentioned. So mm-hmm. it's going to be an exciting, exciting team or a more exciting team than James. I think I was giving them credit for. And that's what I was okay. most excited about seeing this Chelsea side. Out. Right. Because I think this Chelsea side, I was, I was worried that they were just going to be a snooze fest this year. That they were going to be good but boring, and I wasn't really going to want to watch a lot of Chelsea games. That was a show. They put on a show, and they could really, you know, they, they could really do a number on, on some teams if they continue mm-hmm. to play that way. Let's talk about Spurs, though, Patrick. Tell me why Please. you think they leave, aside from just the point in the bag that they arguably didn't deserve. Why they leave feeling good about themselves. So for me, Spurs Spurs were miles off it, miles off it. Really, all game. I don't really think they ever really found their footing in this game. A few lucky uh, breaks here and there that Harry Kane didn't finish or someone didn't have their shooting boots. Right. On. It just it just they weren't. It just it just wasn't their day. But this going into the bridge, fighting to the end, finding a way to get the points. We'll talk. You know, obviously they had some some good fortune go their way, which I'm sure will come up later but at the end of the day that's a very very difficult place uh to get to get any points especially when you're coming from behind and in the the stakes that that were there you know it felt a big game it was the first it was kind of the first shot across the bow for the whole season really when it comes to the the big dogs tussling for position and Chelsea flexed on them they really did and they asserted themselves but but Spurs you know, stayed in the game. They didn't fold. Mm-hmm. It was very, very easily. You know, you could have said that would have been a game that they would have, they would have folded in. But they had a little bit of grit, and I think that's Conti. I think that's an identity of this team that we're going to see. They got a, they just got a little bit to them that I don't think is, um, you know, necessarily something they've had in the past. And so I think Chelsea probably leave that game thinking we should have got all three points, but okay, we put on a show. And Spurs leave that thinking, you know what, we got some grit. We got some grit. It's not it's not an easy place to get points. We didn't deserve points, but we found a way, and that's what good teams do. They you find could say, a way. Say there's a dog inside of them. Not ready to say that, James. Okay, they're dogged, but they don't have a dog inside of them. They don't got that dog. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Richarlison's just so perfectly hateable for that team. He's perfect. It's amazing. He's got the hair all done up and everything. It's perfect. Yeah. 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 It's almost like he's been there this whole time. Ever since they lost Lamella, they really needed a figure figure like him. Get so that, I'm happy yeah, they got start him. working on the Rabona now. Yeah. Well, I'm well sure Patrick, he is. I'm sure the man himself, the man with the whistle, is gonna come up later. Is it a good time to talk about the incidents? 
We could certainly do that. That's also going to come up later. Okay. So All right. if we want to table it, we could table both of those. This, this game okay. just gave us Let's so much it. to I talk I know there's about. so much to talk about, so maybe we just end it on the handshake. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, Bruno Lodge and uh, Jesse Marsh gave us the handshake that never was, and this was a handshake for the ages. Yeah, it was Trump-esque. Like if I break off first, then I am the weaker man. So let's yeah, see how long here. we can go. Yeah, and it's and just, like, just do you like? I have this picture as well of Tuchel speaking German and Conti speaking Italian. I don't think that they're speaking English to each other. No, that, that would be a sign of weakness. Right, right. You, you, uh, you know my language. Speak my language. Mm-hmm. You know, hundred percent. No. It was it was it was brilliant. A perfect a perfect end to the game. I'm glad that it was it was something at the end because it was building. We wanted it. And, and it we was, were it all was, saying it too. We were like, show us the handshake, show us the handshake, what's gonna happen? And they yes. delivered. It was perfect. It was perfect. I mean, and better who yet who doesn't love it. Better yet, Tuchel's whole thing was, you know, in my experience, you look someone in the eye when you shake their hand, and then someone of course the internet took all of two minutes to pull up a clip of when Burnley got a result against Chelsea last season and Tuchel could not be looking further away than the pearly whites <laughs> of Sean Dyche's eyes. Yeah, it's brilliant. The internet's undefeated. You should just never say anything. Yeah, just don't speak. I think it's Ever. a good rule in general for the internet. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing I was going to say, Patrick, you know, we talked about Tuchel pulling off the Mourinho touchline run. It was a game of one-upsmanship chess. Like, I think if there was one more goal in the game, Conti would have shot himself out of a cannon. And just hurtled across the Thames. Or should I say Thames? No, Thames, James. Okay. The Unco- H is silent. Uncultured swine. <laughs> uh yeah what else you got from this game anything no no it was just a it was just a brilliant game it was a brilliant i was up for this game and it had the spice it had quality yeah. i le- i left the first half a, a little like early to walk my dog i was like i don't know whatever i can miss a couple minutes and i came back settled into the second and man the popcorn mm-hmm. just came out of the closet mm-hmm. right in the f- microwave all by itself james i didn't even take it out the pot was simmering mm-hmm. then it came to a boil Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Patrick, we're about to get into our segments, but we're sitting here acting like we haven't talked about your gunners yet. Oh, is that so? Where are we? Okay, so between acting like we've been there before, taking six points from two games, between that and, let's call it, on a rocket halfway to the moon, where are we? I think How- I'm at, I'm think I'm like in the, um, in that thing in the NASA space station that kind of simulates centripetal force. So I can get a, I can get a sense of what the G force so you're just feels doing, like. Yeah. You're just doing three sixties in that little, I'm just prepping. Shuttle. I'm prepping for launch, right? It's more of like, okay, let's see. We good. Got all the codes here. We got enough food. We got new, new supplies. I'm not quite to the moon yet, James, but okay. we're, we're preparing for liftoff. Let me put it that way. Okay. What's going to be your, your moment of knowing? Well, James, this is where I think it's hard to hard to really measure things because Arsenal have an absolute cakewalk of a schedule to start to, to start the season. We obviously know we put Palace. No easy Leicester. game in the Premier League. What's that? No easy game in the Premier League. Well, there's easier games in Correct. the Premier League, and those are the ones that we have right now. Uh, <laughs> Burnmouth is our next game. Oh, yeah. Then we host Fulham. Oh yeah. Then it is Villa oh, at yeah. home, and then we go to Old Trafford. Oh which yeah. You know that that'll be a game. That'll always be a game. I'll never I'll never discount that fixture, uh, especially at Old Trafford. So first five games of the season, James. I actually did a little bit of research here. Since this is the first time since uh, the 08-09 season 
that Arsenal hasn't had to play another one of the big six teams in the first five games. And it's actually the first season since the 16-17 that they haven't had to play two of those teams. And so I know most Arsenal fans are thinking, like, it feels like we're always getting Liverpool, we're always getting City, we're always getting Chelsea, we're always getting some real tough team. Yeah, you get to get your sea legs under To start you. the season. And so I think Arsenal are going to have a brilliant start to the season. They mm-hmm. are playing great football. I think that's relatively undeniable. They do have a lot of holes still that I think better teams would take advantage of. Yeah. And Leicester took a, a little bit of advantage of. But it's a great vibe right now. They are playing some really attractive football. They're getting forward. Uh, and they actually have a little bit of little bit of ambition about them. I kind of think that they know this is our chance to to soak up some points because we got to play some really tough games, obviously, later in the season. Everyone's got to play the same fixture. So let's, let's take the wins sure. while we can. But sure. I think Arsenal will be sitting... At the, I, I think there'll be five wins through five, James. I really don't see it any other way. So that would make it extra spicy. Coming it would make to it very, very spicy. Yeah. And then even then, it's like if we get past that fixture, I think we have one or two similar oh. type games. Oh, that and would be before Spurs in October, which would be monumental, of course. If you rock up to Old Trafford, five wins out of five. I'm just praying for the pipsqueak version of what happened in 2006 or whatever it was when United broke Arsenal's invincible streak. Mm-hmm. And the two teams are just expo- exponentially worse than they were in that vintage. <laughs> but, like, sure. it still kind of hits the same. Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. I, I, you, you, should, you should be hoping uh, for that, James, because I, I think that they're, they're, they're doing some, some really, really good stuff. And so... Football's been good, Patrick. It. Football's been good. Uh, good obviously, it's all been... You 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 have to chalk it up primarily to Gabriel Jesus. Uh, that guy he's got a point to prove. Running like I don't know if he runs fast just because the person who used to do that job was Lacazette, but he looks it's, like he's all over the place. It's remarkable to yeah to, to look at the difference. And he's making people like Martinelli better with that little little Brazilian connection. Get a little so. bit more space. Yeah, I mean it's a team. It's a team that's clicking, James, and a team that has if you think about it, relatively little turnover and where they do have turnover, it seems to be at an upgrade, you mm-hmm. know, getting the Jesus in, you know, getting Zinchenko in there at left back, which yeah. long-term, you know, Tierney can't Probably stay healthy. Winners. You need something there. And then, uh, you know, uh, uh, William Saliba, I think has been, has been great so far, despite the own goal. So, you know, those are the three changes in the squad. Everything else was the same last year. And so it's a little bit of a come up teams cooking, James, I'm enjoying it. I don't know how long it's going to last, so I'm going to enjoy every enjoy second it, of it. Enjoy it while and you can. Yeah, we're uh, we're cruising. We're cruising. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to keep pace with with the big boys for for a little bit here, at least through August. You'd have to think. You really would. Would be a real shame. Yeah, would yeah. Be I, a real I am. Shame. It's not even on. It's not even on my radar, James. You know what it is? It is. I'm humble. I'm humble, James. I'm taking <laughs> one game at a time. One game at a time, you know. We're only thinking about being three points through three or three wins through three. You know, that's what that's what yeah. our heads at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Freak of the week. Bram de la Prams. Freak of the week. Freak of the week. The freak of the week. The freak of the week. It's the freak of the week. Wow, what a freak! My freak of the week. It can only be one, James. Yeah, I mean, it's Anthony. Previewed Taylor. it enough, I'd be shocked if he was going to be anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's yeah he he could he could although the the ironic himself. beast does hit different. Right, right. Um, so, you know, 
three missed calls, I would say, James, in the uh, three potential missed calls. If we're gonna if we're gonna caveat it in the build up to the the two Spurs goals, and then to cap it all off, James decides to be the fun police. End of the game. Tuchel mm. and Conti putting mm. on a show for the mm-hmm. ages, and he's got to give them straight reds. Freaking loser, yeah. loser. Go in the, home. In the words you, of you, Thomas you Tuchel, yeah, I can't get coach the next game, but Anthony Taylor gets to keep the whistle. Oh yeah, he's he's gonna get in trouble for that one. Ooh, ooh, he's go ahead and extend to, that. Yeah, he's gonna have to pay for that. Yeah, one. move the lineman back another ten yards. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he what a freak, James. This guy, I think. I honestly think he's the best ref in the Premier League, and he just and he just made me go. look like a damn fool. Or well, the entire PGMOL, yeah, or whatever the stupid acronym is. Well, you've got the old guard who makes everything about themselves, and I classify Anthony Taylor in that same ilk of like the retired Mike Dean. And then you've not the you've got the new guard who will bend over like a twig, like in Wolves Fulham, where Ruben Neves was like, "Hey, that should be a yellow." On that Fulham player, and the referee was like, "Oh yeah, you're right." He just gives him a yellow. <laughs> so we're seeing a clash of Premier League referee ideologies. Well, now Patrick, we get a chance to talk about the incidents. Where do we stand on hair pulls? Interesting one, James, because I looked into this. Okay, you did your research. There's nothing in the rules that says you can't do it. No, it's the so, Fellaini. It's the Fellaini rule. Right, and it actually went both ways on Fellaini. If you remember, he got Ganduzi as well. Yeah. Don't get Louis Van Hal started on going both ways. He said the uh, he said the only time where hair pulls should be allowed are in the bedroom for sadomasochism. Thanks, Louis. Yeah. Why don't you stay inside? Yeah. COVID's still really bad. Stay inside. He's not. Idiot. He's not weird. He's just Dutch. He's just horny. Uh, <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah. I mean, to me, and it's funny because in the NFL, it's considered part of the jersey. Right, like you can actually tackle somebody by that. It's and like that's, don't have long hair. Yeah, that was the reminder that kind of like put me into a little bit of a pretzel. But for me, you know, Romero's a naughty, naughty boy. There, he knows exactly what he's doing. It's it's violent conduct for me, James. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I don't really see mm-hmm. it too differently. If we're gonna give people red cards for, uh, you know, rubbing their their hand across somebody else's face and someone collapsed into the ground, right. I think actually yanking someone to the ground right. by their head, surely. That's, you got to put much. that on the same level, at least. Via, and, and I understand to a degree, to a degree, maybe why VAR can't intervene there because it, they have to determine it that would to have be had a red to be card. A red, yeah. And so yeah. Uh, that, but Anthony Taylor missing that as a foul. I don't know if you've seen the reverse angle, staring right at it. Nothing yeah. in between. You know, Anthony Taylor missing that is is uh, is mind blowing. Like, I'll be honest. The way that I would I'm like a, for that a, to be handled, yeah. quick little yeah. yellow. Out of out of there, but you can't do that through VAR. Can't do it on VAR. Yeah, fair play, and hopefully someone's man enough to admit that. But you're right, Anthony Taylor, right there. I, I like him. I am also a proponent of uh, short hair only in the Premier League, mm-hmm. or else you get you get what you uh, you know. Don't want to say what you uh, for, but yeah, I think it was on I think it was on Twitter that Anthony Taylor couldn't relate to the pain, so he had no idea that it was a violent. That's situation. a great point. That's a great point. <laughs> Yeah. How could he know? Yeah, he's like, well, that must feel like absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, shave my head every day. Uh huh. Clean as a whistle. Uh huh. Who's that your freak? That dome. Patrick, my freak is also caught in the crossfire of Chelsea Spurs, but he's back in the booth. Our man Graham Soonis, he's looking for other people to offend now that Paul Pogba's left Manchester United. And uh, I guess he had 
one of the many life-affirming experiences of his life watching Chelsea versus Spurs. He was so giddy that in a studio also containing a winner of the England 2022 Euro team, he just openly says, it just feels like we've got our game back. It's a man's game and we've got it back. And, uh, <laughs> and the fallout was not good. Bro. The fallout was not good after the lionesses, the tree lionesses, um, made history and rightfully showed everyone how they could do what no English male team has been able to do in years. Put some respect on their names, only to have mm-hmm. old Graham Sunis, who I don't know if you've seen a compilation of how he used to play. Yeah, there's no wonder he loved this game. Right. Hair pulling was just the start. Um, he he doubled down and said people didn't understand what I meant. So, well said. Yeah, <laughs> well said. Isn't that the best? You say something clear, and then you say you didn't understand, but you don't offer the alternative explanation. Right. He's making no effort to clarify. Right. I think he, the our 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 uh, our program would have accepted. I apologize unequivocally for the insensitive way that I said that. What I meant to say was, I like physicality in the Premier League. That's all you had to do. Mm-hmm. That's all you had to do. But no, it's a man's game. It's a man's game. Yep. Yeah. Just With her in the room, no less. Yeah, Jesus. sitting right next to them. Yeah, must have been an awkward studio. I think it was one where the presenter was like, well, it's a woman's game too, trying to like move it, you know. <laughs> Just doing anyway, his utmost in the studio. To, to save face for him. And then, Patrick, yeah. my other freak of the week is all the United players. They're rubbish. Um, except the one player who I'm genuinely excited about, Alejandro Garnacho, the Argentinian who said his favorite player is Cristiano Ronaldo. Even he had to upset me this week because he got a full arm sleeve tattoo of the characters from the TV show Prison Break. <laughs> so... <laughs> that is a lunatic. That is a full-blown lunatic. Yeah, I mean, good show. Not yeah. get an arm sleeve. Good show. Well, maybe... Um, maybe it's maybe a map. A, there's a map. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. He might be plotting something. Yep. Yeah. Keep an eye James, out for I him. Wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on him for the future. Keep an eye out for him, unless he's robbing a bank. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a storyline in Prison Break, but I'm going with it. No, I think he's framed for like the president's murder or something <laughs> like that. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. It got real out of pocket by uh Season by 1. Season. season 1 was one of the best seasons of all TV. Don't at me there. But yeah, by season 3, I think we were into the writer's strike and all of a sudden you're in Panama. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they just were like, let's just do what Lost is doing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Not not exactly the best playbook to follow. No. Well, they didn't know at the time. They didn't know any better. Beast of the week, Patrick. Huge beast. Cute beast. What a beast. It's the beast of the week. Wow, look at that beast. James, I'm giving my beast a double beast. Double beast. It's going to the men in the arena. Conte and Tuchel. These two guys, two alphas, two competitors, two men enter, two men leave. What a spectacle. Uh, nothing, nothing to say. It's a man's game, but it was an entertaining game. I can't tell you, James, what this does for the brand, the brand of the Premier League. I told 
multiple people. I know multiple people. People are trying to get into the game. They're trying to get into these games, and they're trying to get in the league every single season. I've got a few people I know this year, every year, that are saying, hey, I'm trying to get a little bit more into it. They ask me what games they got to watch. I gave three different people a recommendation. I said, this should be the good game of the weekend. It really is in the league, Feeling like a million bucks on that rack. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. But in this league, those games between those top six, the big six sides, rather, tends to be about a coin flip, whether or not you get a really great, entertaining game of football, or you get kind of a bit of a cagey affair or a one-sided, you know, a little bit of a drubbing, uh, especially when the cities and Liverpools are involved. So you don't always know that you're going to get this. First half, again, I said I was a little disappointed. But in the second half, you got the coach celebrations. You got the late drama and the goals. You got the bad decisions. uh, You got everything that you want out of a Premier League game. And then what do these guys go do? They put a cherry on top. They put a whole lot of cherries on top, James. They flex their muscles. They put on a Mm -hmm. show. Who cares about the red card? Who cares about Anthony Taylor? This is what the people want to see. The people want to see some intensity. They want to see some passion. And this is what these men delivered. So big ups to them. Double beast. Love it. Love it. Oh, I didn't know this was going to be like a freak and beast combo of the game. Should have. This game gave me everything I wanted, James. Mm -hmm. I loved this game. Well, I'm going to keep my beast. (laughs) I'm going to keep my beast pretty simple, Patrick, for the second week in a row. It's us. It's you and me. And this is for staying humble in fantasy football. We know better than Mm -hmm. anyone. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Grow up everybody else. Act like you've been there before. Man. We know not to pat ourselves on the back too early. So this is us. Yep. For, this is to us for staying humble. Two words to describe us. Legendary and humble. <laughs> Seventh and eighth. <laughs> oh, I feel that far. Goodness. Yeah, Goodness. Darwin's donkeys Darwin. lived up to their name, didn't they? Yeah, Saliva with the, the own goal wasn't a help uh-huh. either, was it? Uh-huh. I think I actually recommended that on the pod, so hopefully I sunk a few other ships. <laughs> Sunk some battleships. <laughs> Clanger. Clanger. Yeah. Big oh. brain moves. I mean, there, there, there's got to be a special kind of relief that you feel, like after holding in a piss for so long and finally peeing, of a disastrous own goal that everyone forgets about in the space of two minutes. Right. Like, that's got to feel pretty amazing. Yeah, it's got to feel great. And big ups to the fans of the Emirates as well, mm-hmm. really backing them. We mm-hmm. want him to sign a new contract. The kid can do no wrong right now. We've right. been waiting for him for four years. So he's it's as beloved as I've seen an Arsenal player <laughs> in a long, Just long to see time. him play. Yeah, we're just happy he's here. Yeah. Really. It does look quite the player. So 100%. We're, we're, I'm pleased. 100%. Men of culture, Patrick. We are the men of culture. Men of culture. Ooh, that's cultural. Um, Yeah, I'll go ahead and kick this one off. Let's take a trip down to Paris, France, where you can see in action possibly only the, the, the only more despicable club on the planet than Barca and possibly United right now, a team called Paris Saint-Germain. Um, we are witnessing, Patrick, what happens when stars collide. No, they don't create a planet or the universe. What you get is Kylian Mbappe stopping like a child during a three-on-three counterattack when Neymar passes to Messi instead of him, mm-hmm. and he just stops playing. It wasn't in the contract, James. Uh, what, what wasn't in the contract? The ball's not supposed to go right when it could go left. Mm, okay. okay. He owns the club now. 
Yeah. Are we ready to call him the D word? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think he earned that in the um I always in the thought World he Cup was, even. Really? He was a little he was a little maybe not that maybe not that Diva. James, but um, he was, I'm going for Diva. So was I. Okay. Right. Um, but okay. he was a little shithead in the World Cup with some of the time wasting that he was doing. I think he was going a little bit over the top there in the Fair in the final, and then he's had a few um, what do they call them? Fall on the floor nominations. Uh-huh. So you know he he doesn't have the best reputation, but always rated him to be a you know a good a, a, you know it's not uncommon for you know the eighteen year old phenom to have a little bit of a what are that kind of the mental lapses, you know, at that stage. I think we can live with live with that. But that's a it's a well, bad look. And not to mention that he would well, have Patrick, gotten a goal if he just kept running. He's twenty three. And That's old enough. I've never seen a I've never seen a full on stop like the ball didn't go out of play. Like I've seen people throw a few strops if it's like I made the wrong decision and the ball went out or like I missed a shot. The, the the play was going on, and if he kept going to the box, there's a high chance he could have scored that goal. Um, yep. It was I've just never seen anything like it. So no, we're gonna have to. Was to look Maurizio out there. Pochettino holding them together? Experts debate. This is the is the toughest job he's ever done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still think you and I should do the trench coat act as the next PSG manager. See how far we can make it. <laughs> I think I think we learn, we learn French. We oui, we, oui. and then we're we're good. That was yeah. it. That was your one step plan to success. Yeah, I mean, learn look. French. <laughs> if none of those guys can do it, then I think that we just got to take a little simpler of an approach. A little simpler. Okay, just get on the same page linguistically. First thing I do, cut Mbappe. Send a message. No mm. one's bigger than the club. Don't okay. even want to transfer fee for him. Yeah, I think you're getting a we call from Leonardo. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I said, I think you're getting a call from Leonardo the next day. <laughs> well, then that's the quickest 10 mil I ever earned. Mm. Goal yes. of the week, Patrick. It's the Solar.com Goal of the Week. As always, the Goal of the Week is brought to you by Solar.com. Find the most competitive solar bids on the marketplace at Solar.com. Use the code PREM500 for $500 off your solar project at Solar.com. Tough week, James, to give a goal of the week, and not in the bad way. We had so many splendid options. What I have chosen to go with is... It's just there's something magical about this man that when he does his little magic, I just, that I just can't help but just to be fascinated. So I'm going with Kevin De Bruyne. Mm. The goal yep. was pure class. Yep. Uh, it looks like he's run out of an option. He looks like he's always looking for the pass. <laughs> is he going to cut it on either foot? You know he can bang it. Which way is he going to go? Gives the guy the little shoulder lean and just the flick with the outside of the foot at you know with the precision that he just made nonchalant so does not easy. begin to describe it Jeez, you can attest to this i've tried this in some in some league, <laughs> league games around santa monica oh, yeah. it oh, doesn't yeah. come off for everybody oh yeah it just doesn't well patrick that belies the fact that that was how you wanted to ease yourself into the game <laughs> it's like it wasn't like let me get a couple five yard passes in let me corkscrew an outside of the boot cross for one of my first touches of the game that's on you it's a great one, Patrick. For all intents and purposes, it really should be the goal of the week. 
Um, honorable mention for your boy, Gabriel Jesus, first goal. I'm slightly surprised you didn't go for that one, just the way you've been homering everything. Uh, it was, I really wanted to. It was games. a great goal. I like, it I think, was. I think it, it would have, I, I couldn't have called, I wouldn't have pick. called bullshit if you gave it to that. It was that good. Right. Um, another one that I think is flying under the radar for the assist was Walker Peters goal against Leeds and the Southampton assist from a guy midfielder Mara, I think his name is mm-hmm. just hits the most insane reverse pass I've seen in years. Yep. Pirlo esque on the money. It was, it was incredible. Like there's. I don't remember the last time we've given a goal of the week based on the pass, and it was uh, no. It was a great one. Patrick, of of week one would be in with a shout from the De Bruyne. Pit. Yeah, that was yeah. a great one. Great weighted pass, Patrick. Yeah. I'm going with Danny Ings against Everton. Yeah, I thought you might. Really? I really did. Okay, he was on my short yeah, list. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. I think it's a sheer "Don't you forget about me" goal where the build up play is imperfect. It's a little scattered, but it's a sheer force of will. Turn. I th- I don't know if he's left-footed or right-footed. I like to think that it was his off foot. I but think the so way well. he just pearls it off balance into the corner. You know, Luis Diaz actually did something pretty similar like two days later um, against Palace. But I love Danny Ings' goal purely for the fact that he's balding. You know, age is getting the better of him. But it was a Bulldogs goal, a number nine's goal, and I liked yeah. it. Looked like he bottled the chance mm-hmm. twice, and then still found a way. It was it was a striker's goal, and it was no one no one else is doing this yeah. but me. Like a it fall, had, yeah. It had some BDE to it. James. It had some grit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely did. Other other couple honorable mentions for me, obviously Koulibaly, Luis Diaz. Oh, how yeah? How could we not talk about and those? And then uh, I even liked the Emmy Buendia goal, which was the nice little interchange with him and Watkins. Uh, I thought he was going to miss it. So did, he nearly I thought he did. was going to miss it. People don't talk about that yep. enough. Yep. But well, well worked. Another great match week of great goals. Mm. Take us to the district. Welcome to the Degenerate District. Step right up, step right up. Come get a ticket at the Degenerate District. Time to spin the wheel in the Degenerate District. Welcome to the Degenerate District. James, so... This is going to be the last week of the uh, the can't lose parlays, uh, or what I'm calling the big dogs got to eat parlays. But you know what? We were talking about privileges being lost. Liverpool's lost the big dogs got to eat privileges. Okay, so, so let's talk about how we landed there. What happened last week with Liverpool? Well, just so in I had general Liverpool, with your picks. Man, in in week one, I had Man City, Liverpool. Thought I was getting into the season easy with the big dogs got to eat parlay. Gave Liverpool a second chance. Added Arsenal into the mix. So Manchester City and Arsenal took care of business. Liverpool couldn't. So this week, James, the big dogs got to eat. Parlay will not include Liverpool. This is an aggressive lock. We're trying to eat this week, James. Going with Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, and Tottenham. All parlayed, plus 328. These teams are all playing very impressive football to me right now. And I think they're all taking care of business. That is Tottenham hosting Wolves. Wolves look horrible. Uh, mm-hmm. What is that? Burnmouth hosting Arsenal mm-hmm. should be business taken care of. Leeds hosting Chelsea should be business taken care of. And Newcastle hosting City. So few away games in here to win, which is where this gets tough and where this gives me a little bit better odds. But I like all of these teams in their individual you're matchups. You're telling me you're not going to add on Liverpool at Old Trafford there? Nope, I'm staying away from okay. that. They've lost big dogs, got to eat privileges. Okay. They can get back. They can get back. 
James, my meatball, my meatball, Nottingham Forest is plus 300 at Goodison Park. Wow. I don't rate Nottingham Forest, but I sure don't rate Everton. <laughs> and so that 300 looks pretty damn good to me for a team that is playing a, bl- a bl- blonde number 10. Uh, what was his name? Aaron Gordon? Alex Gordon? Anthony Gordon. Anthony Gordon. Those are That is a um, basketball player and a baseball player. And then we finally landed on the footballer, Anthony Gordon. Up top, can't can't be having it. Can't be having it, James. They're just real, real bad. Crazy finish to their game against Villa. They're going to be kind of a fun team to watch, I think, even though they are atrocious, but in like the train wreck sort of ways. But we're betting against Everton until they give, give us really much of a reason not to, James. Sure. And then my donkey, these are two teams that have really impressed me so far, despite maybe where they might sit in the table. I'm calling this the little dogs got to eat parlay, James. <laughs> I'm going with Brighton Hove Alvian on the road to West Ham. Zero points West Ham, though you can say there's a reason for that. But I think Brighton's been playing great football. And then parlaying that with Crystal Palace, James, hosting Villa. I don't really think Villa's it even though they got the win right now i remember you remember i criticized them last yeah. podcast yeah i just think they're going to take a little bit to get in and i think I mean palace had a tough run to start the season and i think that they've held their own in both of those games and so i'm excited to see them at home against a team a little bit more their level i'd say i think they're going to take care of business so that's the little dogs eat parlay a lot of any one of those a lot of action any one of those hit pays for the pays for the lot so Trying to get ourselves back in the green okay. with a little more of an aggressive strategy this okay. week. Okay. All right. Get us back to neutral. Mm-hmm. Kimasabi's Kimasabi's got to get some flavor. Yeah. There you go. Fantastic. All right. Well, surely things can't get any worse. We'll see you next week for Match Week 3. What's going on, Premeds? As always, thank you for listening and following along. Please remember to rate and review us on whatever streaming platform you're listening on and spread the word far and wide about the benefits of being a Premhead. Mm-mm. Remember to follow us at Prem de la Prem Podcast on Instagram and at the Prem de la Prem on Twitter for all of our content. Until, Until next time, Prem de la Prem, out. That might just be the one take right yeah, there. Right there. I might not even have to touch that.